2: We woke up the morning, got yourself a girl mom always said you they chose a one
3: You Wait, it start. is kind of working, but it's not turned up very loud apparently.
1: Oh, the vo- the volumes are having changed. Really? Yeah, that's weird.
3: Okay, well there oh, there you go. Okay, that's fine.
1: Is that better? Okay. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I just hope it doesn't. What did you turn it up about one eighth of an
1: inch? Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah.
3: nuts. It's just a weird spot, probably. Yeah. Welcome to the family with Doug Spritho.
1: And sitting in for Andy, Cassie Schrader.
3: Andy's getting the Schwantz worked on as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be real happy that I said
4: that. I'm sure he will.
3: I'm sure he will. In any case, Bonnie McKee, our special guest, up next with the family. What's the name of it? What is it? Wally McCartney? Yeah,
4: Wally McCarthy, Lindall Olds. <laughs> we get a great deal on the Delta 88, you know, gripes the coop. You know, get the Landau top on her, and got she's the, just good to go.
3: Got the Landau top, you know. Yeah. Walls are out of the group. Walls are not coming to us,
4: though. That wasn't that long ago. Oh, I used was? to work right next door to them, it and they bad. had... Uh, that dang steel, or that steam calliope that they'd play circus music on oh, all day long. God. It was just awful. Oh,
3: I couldn't deal with it, couldn't do it.
4: Times have changed, and buying cars have changed as well. Uh, Walser to you is a process where you don't need to come into a dealership if you don't want to. We can come to your home or business if you're within 30 miles of the dealership, and you can test drive and take delivery and do paperwork right in the comfort of your own home. My good friend Tom Bernard experienced Walzer to you just last this, this last week, oh. and I stopped learning how to talk. It was awesome.
3: Oh. I'm telling you, man, Doug, I'm sorry, but... You got J Lo, you got Steve Collins, you got Doug Sprinthal. and what do you get out of that? The car you're looking for.
4: Eternal happiness.
3: Eternal Gunga. happiness. Lagunga. Badunga Lagunga. That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, Otto Ditsman. <Audubour-Ditzman>. That's your <laughs> you're out right there. Walzer Automotive Group. Walls.com.
2: you So alone. Oh, oh,
3: yeah. I'm Ladies so and lonely. gentlemen, we're rocking out. There's we no question about it. Mr. Mike Gelfand with us, of course. As he is every Thursday now. And our very special guest, Bonnie McKee. How you doing, Bonnie? Hey, proud of
1: me.
3: Uh, whoop, I can barely hear her.
1: I know. I, Andy says sometimes with the surface it can be...
3: Yeah, sometimes it gets a little low. Anyway, Bonnie, how are you? How are you? I think she just disconnected.
1: I don't know. She's still showing that she's on.
3: Oh, are you there? She's not on. Why, mm-hmm. she can't hear me or something. Well, she
5: hung up faster than Andy Rooney.
3: Yeah, <laughs> she... Oh, Andy, that was a quick hang-up, man. Remember that? How many years ago was that? How Mike? many years ago was
5: that,
3: Oh, God! Hello, Good who morning? is it? Yeah, it's got to be 20 years at least. Do you know about the? You guys oh, yeah. know about that one? you were listening that day when old Andy Rooney called in. Lasted about 10 seconds. Yes. What kind of weirdo setup is this? Or what did he say, Mike? I can't even remember what he said.
5: Well, one thing I remember he said was. So it takes eight of you to do the show? Oh, that's right. It takes eight of you to do the show. Is that what it takes? So
1: is he kind of the equivalent of a male Shirley MacLaine?
4: Yes. <laughs>
1: yes
3: <he laughs> is. Well,
4: no. I mean, Shirley's a space cadet. She <laughs> well, probably that's true, thinks yes. that she's on her 50th life. And then he's you know.
3: just a prick. Uh, yeah, when he's she... <laughs> just an a-hole. He's just an a-hole. That's yeah. the big
5: difference. Yeah, I kind of want to know what You know, we would... all thought he was pretending to be a curmudgeon, but... <laughs>
2: No, he was far beyond
5: curmudgeon. No, you're
3: right. He was. I thought he was pretending to be like that. No, he wasn't pretending. Turns out he was polishing himself up for sixty minutes. (laughs) Yeah,
5: you were just trying to play along.
3: Yeah, no question about that. You know, that was back in the day, though, when you could watch sixty minutes and they told the truth. Unlike every other news organization in the world, far left, far right doesn't matter. Man, at least you could tune into that show, but you can't even do that anymore. They lie their ass off. How
4: would you like to have been a CEO And I don't know, pick a year, 1979, and you're sitting in your CEO chair, and the receptionist pages you and says the following, uh, Mike Wallace is in the lobby and wants to talk to you. Oh, God. Oh,
3: God. You know, a guy I know turned that in, as a matter of fact, Mr. Gelfand knows him well, too. His first name is Alan. I won't give his last name, but he had a business. And sixty minutes went after him. He turned it around yeah. on him and used it to market and made a fortune off really? of sixty minutes. Oh God, yes! Because he well, showed... they
5: they just uh, they they talked about the guy as a as a vicious predator. Right. In a business that uh, you pretty much had to be a, a vicious predator. And uh, but I mean everything they said about him was right. But that was kind of the whole point. It's what the customer <laughs> wanted.
2: Exactly.
3: It was a collection business, if I remember correctly.
5: Hmm. Yes, yes so it was.
3: You, you kind of want a prick to be your collection guy, don't yeah. you?
5: Otherwise, yeah. Otherwise, You don't want a nice guy, you know, uh, calling you up and calling people up and saying, "God, I hate to bother you." But,
4: you know. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to. work. You could work for the casino with a heart. The Remember that? Oh God. Yeah. Don't use the two
3: words nest and egg <laughs> ever again. Yeah, that was a great movie. That was a fantastic movie. So, Mr. Galfan, what else is new in your life? What do you think about this game Sunday night, Mike?
5: Well, it's uh, it should be a fun game. I think it'll be high scoring. Um, I think that uh, Cousins will probably rack up a lot of yardage. He can complete a lot of passes. Uh, you know, assuming that the ones that are not intercepted by Trayvon Diggs might go for a good yardage. <laughs> they might, but he might. But, be you know, you you are you do have, kind of have to watch a, a guy who's intercepted seven passes in six games. God. So that's. That's he may be the real star of, of Forget about Prescott and Elliott and all the others. You know, Ceedee Lamb. All these guys. Oh, they do have a ton of guys who can really hurt you. Right. But, but uh, Trayvon Diggs might make the difference. No, it'll be a fun game. I, I think that it's uh, it's you know it's pretty much a toss up. I think, and uh, I think Dallas is favored by a point and a half or something. Well, that's it. Last I saw. Yeah. So it's well, you know, it's. Uh, you get something for the home field, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, that's true. So I think
5: it'll, I think it'll be a good game. I, I, uh, I don't. I, if I had to bet the game, and of course, unfortunately, I, I don't have to. Um, I, I would, I would suspect that. You know, I would, I would probably take the over. I think the over under is fifty five. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, which is a high number, but it's not astronomical. But yeah, I mean, they're going to be moving up and down the field. Ooh. So uh, I think if uh, if the uh, coaching staff doesn't screw things up, the Vikings have a pretty good chance.
3: So you think they do have a shot out there again? Now, Dallas, what's Dallas's record?
5: Uh, let's see, Dallas, are they are they lost one game or two, I can't remember. I think are
3: they five and one? Does that make sense?
5: That sounds right to me. Yeah, because they I have played six right. games. Yeah.
3: I think they're five and one. The Vikings are three and three and could easily be five and one, but they also could easily be one and
5: five. Yeah, we kind of we wind up saying that every year, don't we? Yeah, we do. Oh, is Bonnie, oh, is Bonnie yeah, ready to
0: go? Hi, I can barely hear everybody else, though.
3: Here's Bonnie. Hey, Bonnie, how are you?
0: Hey, I'm good. How are you?
3: Can you hear me at all, Bonnie? Yes, I can
0: hear you
3: now. It was real quiet a second ago. So good. I, I just, I'm really glad you kept coming back, and thanks to. Uh, Thanks for hanging in there and being patient with us. We were just talking about, are you, a, are you an NFL football fan at all, Bonnie? Uh,
0: honestly, no. I do love watching the Super Bowl just like the rest of America because yeah. I love a, a story of people winning. And I always cry when they hold up the trophy because you know they worked their entire life for that. So I appreciate the sport, but I'm not a personal fan of football myself.
3: Okay, Bonnie, I want you to do me a favor. This is a personal favor I want to do for you, okay? And you might be too young to even notice, okay. but, but you know. But I got some size to me, you know, and got kind of an attitude you know. too. So if anybody walks up to you and starts singing <laughs> okay. Me and Bonnie McKee, I want you to call me. I'll come over and start choking them.
0: <laughs> Perfect.
3: Thank you. I knew you'd have that. Did people annoy you with that?
0: People always just automatically think that my last name is Mickey with a G. Yeah, um, of course. But, but I, I like being serenaded, so if you want to
3: serenade me, go ahead. No, no, I'm <laughs> protecting you, Bonnie. I'm not going to serenade you. I'm going to protect you. That's what, <laughs> what I'm going to do. Ladies and gentlemen, Bonnie McKee Thank with you. us. On behalf of her award-winning short film, April Kills the Vibe, which will be screening at the upcoming St. Louis International Film Festival, Oscar qualifying, by the way, festival site and schedule for the film, you can just check it out at Narrative Shorts Drama 3, Cinema St. Louis. So, Bonnie, tell me all about what What's the short film all about?
0: Well, it's a very dark comedy, I would say. Oh, um, I made it in quarantine. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty dark. But um, it's the story of it's a true story of when I was drinking a whole lot and recovering alcoholic. Um, and I had a wild night out on New Year's Eve. Um, some stuff went down, and I called my friend the next morning to see what happened, and uh, things get, things get ugly,
3: so that's what I'll tell you. And, the, and you're going with April kills the vibe, I like that, so this is April's fault, I like, or is it the month of April? Uh, it's,
0: it's a girl, her name is April, okay. yeah.
3: Okay, but she's killing your but you had a good vibe going with the shweel, and now all of a sudden she's being judgmental because you got too lit up one night, is that what happened?
0: In a nutshell, yeah. <laughs> Jesus.
3: Uh, yeah, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> this is terrific. Bonnie not only stars in the short film, she also wrote, directed, edited, produced, and scored. It is based on the true story of her assault in the throes of alcoholism and sheds light on the shaming and victim-blaming conversations. April Kills the Vibe, the name of the film. I should point out, by the way, that Bonnie Bonnie's written a tune or two and it's done rather well, Bonnie. I'd like to hear about that as well, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah,
0: um, I. By day, I am a professional songwriter. I wrote stuff for Katy Perry, Bertie Spears, Kelly Clarkson, Christina Aguilera, uh, you name it. And um, I've been in music for 20 years now in Los Angeles. And uh, I just wanted. I was sitting around in quarantine, and I was like, I think we all were sort of reflecting, like, what am I doing with my life when you have a minute to take a break and pause? And I thought, what am I happiest? And and the answer was when I was on set making music videos. Um, and I love to act, and so I wanted to try my hand at writing, and um, I made a little short film. I didn't know anything about film festivals or, you know, the politics behind that or anything, so I just kind of took a chance and submitted it to a bunch of film festivals, and I ended up winning 42 awards, (laughs) Um, so it's nice to know that I don't suck at that.
3: That's nice to know you don't suck. Now, you've had eight number one songs, is that right?
0: Um. Oh, <laughs> yes. pardon me,
3: it, it was eight this morning. It was eight this morning, but now it's ten.
4: <laughs> I, have a, I have a question for Bonnie, if I may. I, I'm curious. Uh, being an amateur musician, when I talk to people that are professionals, when you write a song, do you write the melody first or the lyrics?
0: Um, it depends. I have a notebook of uh, contacts and titles. And so, usually in pop music, there's a lot of collaboration going on. It takes a village to write a pop song. So I'll go in with a the producer. They'll play me a bunch of tracks, and then I'll find a track that has a vibe and sort of match the titles that I have with the song. If it sounds sad, if it sounds happy, if it sounds like party, then I have like categories of different song titles and kind of apply it to that. Um, so it kind of goes both ways.
4: So you kind of you start with the title of the song. That's interesting. Really.
0: Yeah, a lot of times, but sometimes, you know, if I don't have any, if I've used up all my ideas for that month or whatever, then I'll
3: start with Melody and sort of fill in the blanks. You know, Bonnie, in my life, I I spend a lot of time thinking about where things come from. I talked to George Romero yesterday, of course, George Romero Jr., because George died a few years ago, but his son Mm -hmm. is now in the business, and I asked him... Do fright films do horror films come from us trying to find out what our true beliefs and feelings are why we feel the way we do where do you think it that bonnie mckee you yourself where do you get are, is it a part of you that just coming out by writing music i mean melodies and all that stuff but writing words is a different deal lyrics are a whole different setup aren't they definitely and
0: that's lyrics are my specialty that's what i'm called in for a lot um is writing lyrics and in the pop world it's it's a fun challenge everybody always writes off pop music and like it's some superficial fluff and it's really not if you listen closer um it's i always try to get a real message underneath there and and have like a human experience in every song and um you know it's it's a Fun challenge to try to write inside of the top box because it is kind of limited what you, what words sing well. You know, you, we've heard them all, and there's a reason why certain cliche words have been in every song since the beginning of time because they sing well. So I like trying to find a way to write something that's universal to that connect with as many people as you can, but that also has a unique spin where you haven't heard it quite said in that way before. You know,
3: yeah, it makes totally... one of my favorite of all time, and I do want to get back to your movie, obviously, very quickly here, but. One of my favorite lines of all time is, Alice Cooper, I can't even think of a word that rhymes. <laughs> I think that's a brilliant <laughs> lyric. I think that's no, just I brilliant.
2: That. <laughs> I love that. It,
3: it so is, it's the greatest. So, Bonnie, I should I should point out to you that uh, although I've never been diagnosed with alcoholism, I have not had anything to drink in about nine years now. And the reason for that is... Oh,
0: wow. Congratulations.
3: Oh, thank you. You know, I'm probably a little older than you, though, Bonnie. So, you know, you sound like you're about 16, 17. So, you know what I mean? you
0: would be sweet. Thank you. I'm not, I'm not, by the
3: way, but thanks. <laughs> she goes, thank you, but I'm not. Uh, I was at the dinner one night with a bunch of friends, and we got a little bit of a, not an argument, even a discussion. And I shouldn't have done it, but i had had a few drinks. And I said, oh, F you, in the restaurant. And the guy at the next table said, why don't you watch your language? And I grabbed my steak knife and said, either you shut up or I'll kill you. That was the last time you ever drank, Bonnie. Let me just point that out. So no matter what caused you to stop (laughs) drinking, it wasn't threatening to kill someone like me. So there you go. Well, we
0: all have our our different highs and lows, so you're human. (laughs)
3: Now, how long has it been for you, Bonnie?
0: Um, I'm gonna be 10 years sober in February.
3: So, and did you? Did someone? Come and it be- was the
0: best decision I ever made in my life. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm so happy. I was. I really thought that when I stopped drinking, that I would stop having fun, and it's quite the opposite. Like my life got so much simpler and clearer, and mm-hmm. I became so much more productive. And honestly, it's like a roller coaster, having to like stay in reality 24 seven. You know what I mean? Like anybody can get drunk and kind of escape. But when you have to
3: really face everything day by day, it's very punk rock, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I could see that happen. So you're, yeah, I I love the fact that you're really glad. I I am also. I should uh, up front say that I I don't you know pine away for the days when I used to go drinking with my buddies and all that stuff. It was fun. Don't get me wrong. But that is the you know that's why I wasn't diagnosed as alcoholic because I gave it up and I haven't touched it since in nine years. I didn't uh, you know. I don't go to meetings or any of that stuff, and I'm not saying people shouldn't do that. That's not right. what I mean at all. But a situation where I mm-hmm. I don't have the disease, I just was a bad drinker. There's a there's a big difference, and I don't think people realize right.
0: that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's and you know it's not something you're necessarily diagnosed with. It's considered a self-diagnosis. Uh, like no one else can really tell you if you're an alcoholic or not. It's something that you kind of have to look in yeah. your soul and decide. Like, is that is that what I am? You know.
3: No, I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I think it's really interesting that you, so you're older than 17, so I'll say you're 18. And in that one year, <laughs> you discovered, I mean, you can write music, you can write movies, you can, you can do it all. And the lyrics being most important, did, did stopping the drinking allow you to look inside yourself and, and dig those words out a lot better? Did, did that help you a lot?
0: Definitely. And, you know, when I when I quit drinking, I was afraid that I was going to forget how to be creative. Like, I think for a long time, I thought that like, oh, like I I drink and then I I get I lose my inhibitions and I'm able to say the things that whatever. Right. Right. Um, It really I was really able to focus. And also I had all these years of trauma and like horrible things to draw from. Like, I don't need to live in a constant state of chaos in order to remember what that was like. So I'm able to better execute my ideas and my art
3: when I'm clear-headed. No, uh, you could tell me to just shut up, Tom, if you want, no problem. But was this, was it a family situation? Is there a history of alcoholism in your family or bad drinkers or something? Uh, Yeah,
0: no, it's it's definitely a a family disease. And, um, yeah, it has run in my family on both sides, so... Not a surprise
1: that I ended up, you know, having a. Oop, did
3: we lose her? I have no clue.
1: Bonnie. Sounded like something hung up, but
3: well, she-, she had another eight minutes to go. I that's too bad. <coughs> I don't know why we're having having the problem. Let's uh, see. I, I find her to be very pleasant. You know, what's amazing about that is she in the, ten years ago decided to stop. Yeah. I stop. Oh, I think we might be back. He's calling her again, baby.
1: Now, I wonder if the line just keeps dropping.
3: Please hang can. up and try your call again. If you need assistance, <laughs> dial yeah. the operator. Yeah, the, Please line, hang up now. Yeah, the line's this just is going recording. bad. Uh, is that Art calling her? Please hang up and try your call again. Yeah. It is Art. Was... Trying to... <laughs> Art, are you on the line? No, I just
1: thought, because it's just. Oh, gonna... you disconnected? Yeah, I'm just.
3: Gonna... Well, that's too bad. I thought she was terrific. Bonnie McKee, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, stopped drinking 10 years ago. I'm going to call
1: Mike back, so. <laughs>
3: Oh, Gelfand dropped too.
1: Well, yeah, I had to hang up the call because otherwise we'd just keep hearing
3: this. I'll keep hearing. Try your call again, please. Oh, no, yeah, Mike, back. Mike, I heard you're an alcoholic too. Is that true?
5: You know, I, I, uh, I'm kind of, I kind of uh, like you. Is. see, I tried to be an alcoholic.
3: <laughs> we made it. We made our best effort, Mike.
5: Uh, that was basically my high school years. Which were not happy years. And so yeah. I, I sort of envisioned myself as, uh, I, didn't, I didn't really dream about, uh, say, you know, winning the Pulitzer Prize for journalism. I, right. I dreamed about being an alcoholic on Skid Row, but my dream never
3: came <laughs> true. <laughs> it never, you never ended up on, right on Skid Row hey where guys. you
0: yep. Sorry, oh, back. I, I could bring Bonnie back in. Oh,
3: that would be wonderful. I love Bonnie.
1: Hold on one second.
3: We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about Mike. Uh, Mike, I want you to talk to Bonnie about this because I think that's a that would be a good take for her because I don't think most people are that honest about it, first of all. But, yeah, if you would, yeah. wouldn't mind talking to her about it, I, I, I'd love to hear you two exchange uh, ideas. Don't you think? Okay, Bonnie, we are line,
0: everybody.
3: Thank you. Bonnie McKee, I'd like to introduce you to Mr. Mike Gelfand. He's been a friend of mine for at least 35, 36, 37 years, and he was just talking about the fact. Well, think- Mike. Let me just turn it over to Mike. Just, just say to me what, say to her what you said to me about about trying well, to
5: be an alcoholic. First, let me say, I I have been a I've been a fan of Bonnie since I saw Win a Date with Ted Hamilton. I mean, oh a little God. facetious oh, there, but I know you were in it. God, listen to you,
0: <laughs> Mikey. My, my song that was in was it, Yes. Yeah.
5: So how did you how did you wind up uh, b- being in the movie?
0: Well, I wasn't in "When a Date with Ted Hamilton." I was in a movie called "August Rush," which I don't know if you've seen that one. That's a Robin Williams, Carrie Russell.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
5: okay.
0: And uh, yeah, but um, "When a Day with Ted Hamilton" was my first time having my one of my personal artist songs in a movie, um, so mm-hmm. that was my connection with that one.
5: So that kind of launched the whole thing.
2: Um, it's a good. It's well, a good story I I point. Just, just go good. along with it. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, <there you> <laughs> but we were talking, we were talking while you were in the in the uh, in the nether regions of of the uh, digital world. Uh, I was talking about my experience with alcohol, which may be somewhat kind of mm-hmm. like yours. It was I tried to be an alcoholic. Uh, I thought it would be a good escape from a life that I wasn't enjoying. <laughs> people will find that strange. Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah. and.
5: Uh, you know, this is like in my teenage years, and then, but I, uh, one day, actually, I turned twenty-one and I was able to legally drink, and I thought this is pointless. <laughs> so, so I just yeah.
3: It's legal now. It's pointless. I like
5: it. Yeah, it's it's right. It was pointless. Yeah. I I also quit smoking when I was eighteen. There you
0: go. There you
5: go. <laughs> and I and I I stopped having sex when I was forty, which is the beginning age for people in my family. So. <laughs> I just gave up everything, you know, when it just uh, just didn't. It just seemed yeah, pointless. No, you're, but you're, yeah, but 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 it sounds like you you kind of. I mean, you were kind of the same way. Maybe Tom was too. You know, you're 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 trying to escape, and and you know you you get into a little bit of a rut, and the more you drink, the more you drink, and then one day you figure this isn't doing it for me. Right. Yeah. If we're lucky, a, and if we're not yeah. lucky, we we're we're. We have the addictive gene, and then we spend our whole life fighting it.
0: Yeah, and that's really kind of where April Tilted Vibe begins, is at at one of my many bottoms, one of my many rock bottoms. Um, So I wanted to kind of tell the story of uh, the aftermath of something that happens when you weren't conscious or there to even know what happened. It's a really scary feeling. So that was um, the first day that I realized maybe I had a problem not the first day but my, my biggest bottom that I needed I knew I needed to change you know
5: yeah and there's that day when you wake up one morning and you think oh boy I have the whole day to do constructive things what the hell am I gonna do
0: <laughs> yeah yeah the hangovers get pretty brutal after a while and it's like I'm tired of being sick all the time when I have complete control over whether or not this happens to me, I could feel great every day, but instead I'm choosing to like wake up at three o'clock in the afternoon and be like, what happened? It's just a terrible <laughs> thinking feeling. You
3: know? no, I understand that completely. I do. You know, what also worked for me, Bonnie, cause I, I started drinking and smoking. when I was 11, I quit uh, both drinking and smoking. When I was 21 and then took up the drinking thing for several years after I turned 30 again. But, the great mm-hmm. thing about all that is when i finally did stop drinking one of the things that really triggered it not only is the fact that i threatened to kill someone but the look that my wife Catherine had on her face the next morning did it for me <laughs> i can tell you
2: that
0: oh uh, yes oh <laughs> uh, the same I, I'm all about it. <laughs> yeah you had the same experience well, you.
2: that's, that's impressive.
3: it is indeed So April kills the vibe. So when, when can we check it out? It's coming to the St. Louis international film festival, Oscar qualifying. Can we, uh, now it says here, Mm -hmm. you can schedule, uh, you can check the schedule of the film at narrative shorts, drama three cinema, St. Louis. Is that the best place to find April kills Mm -hmm. the vibe Bonnie? Uh,
0: yeah. And if you go to the website, aprilkillsthevibe.com, uh, there's a whole list of other festivals that it's playing in. Um, the thing that I learned about film festivals is that you can't release it publicly until you're done with the film festival circuit because people, you know, the festivals want people to buy the tickets. Right. And it's so that it's exclusive to the festival. So you can go to the website and, um, and check out where else it's playing. And, um, yeah, I'm really excited for the St. Louis uh, Film Festival because it's, like you said, an Oscar qualifying festival. And that's a big deal for me because this is my first time ever doing a film. Um, so if I were to win something at this at this festival, then I would be thrown in the Oscar pool. So that would be amazing. So go ahead wonderful. and check it out and enjoy.
3: No question. <laughs> you ever been to St. Louis before, Bonnie? I
0: have. Yeah, I've, I've toured a bunch. So yes, I have been
3: there. Okay, I did. There's a place. Beautiful called, city. Yeah, there's a place called Tony's. It's a great restaurant. And what I love about it when you sit upstairs, mm-hmm. the maître d' walks up the stairs backwards. Ooh, what do you think of that?
4: <laughs> Pretty wow. impressive. Well, it is St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. It you is. It be careful.
2: Careful.
5: <laughs> that's terrible. Bonnie? Maybe he's just trying to get a date for the night. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, maybe. <laughs> Bonnie, thank you so much for your patience and calling back. I'd love to talk to you again very, very soon. Keep in touch, would you please? I'd love another conversation.
2: Absolutely.
3: Thank you, Bonnie. Yeah, thank
0: McGee. you so much for having me. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. All right, have a
3: good one. We'll take a break. Be right back. Bye.
2: Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company.
4: And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company, Bradley's partner.
2: As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with a lot of multi-generational, family-owned businesses.
4: Take Raymond Auto Body of St. Paul, for example. Four generations of the Slomkowski family having successfully run the business.
2: When they were ready to expand, we helped them acquire a new building, allowing them to service more vehicles in their state-of-the-art shop.
4: We've also helped them set up the next generation of owners, keeping the business and family for years to come.
3: Tom here. If you want a family business like me or any business, you should be banking with Brad and Mike over at North American Banking Company. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you will never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors mike's making a special offer for my listeners you buy one set get another set absolutely free go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener square and use promo code tom there you'll find not only this amazing offer but also deep discounts on all my pillow products including the my pillow mattress topper my pillow towel sets and so much more call 1-800-516-5146 use the promo code tom Go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code TOM.
5: I said, sisters,
0: if you only knew, you would wish you were in my shoes. Keep on using me.
2: Yeah. Now we're there back. There we,
3: we are.
0: Until you use me.
3: We're back, ladies and gentlemen. Mike Gelfand with us, of course. Um, I want to ask everybody on the show something here. So Cassie's here. Mike Gelfand's here. Doug's here. I think that we should now, and I don't care if it's the far right, the far left, I don't care if what your skin color, I don't know what it is. I think you should not ever be allowed again, ever, to say the words racist dog whistle. What? What? Uh, Everybody's got a racist dog whistle now. What is that?
2: Well, I
4: kind of know what it is. It's
3: but not everyone is a racist, for Christ's sake. No, that's it's, true. they got to calm down with this. Everybody's a racist thing.
1: It's just not true, no. right? No, it's not.
3: It's ridiculous. Well, I mean, Gelfand, yeah, it's a different <laughs> story, but you know.
5: What do you think of that, you know, it's Mike? A, it's, just, it's just dog whistle now, too, of course. You know, it's been shortened. It As these things always eventually become short.
3: <laughs> no, it's just dog whistle?
5: It's just dog whistle now, oh, yeah.
3: Oh, God. So I if don't... you actually have a dog whistle, you're just screwed. Now, Mike, and, of course, you know, Cassie and Doug, do you think that we're just going to be angry forever? Uh, I, I just, I do remember in the late 60s, uh, starting about 67, 68, 69, starting in 67, people were pissed off about everything, and everybody hated everybody, and, oh, my God, it was horrible. And uh, now we got it again. All these, you know, fifty years later, we're doing it again. That everybody's mad at everybody.
5: Well, there's just too much power and money to be made yep. from pissing people off. You and of course, we crazy. learned that reading about Facebook the last few days. What is how wrong? how they monetized anger? Yeah. And and you know that's pretty scary. Uh, they they uh, they weren't interested in uh, well all they were interested in was was making money. So. You know, someone said, "You know, we can help resolve disputes." They, they would have been laughed right out of the border, right? <laughs>
3: exactly.
5: So, if people liked if, if people liked uh, something someone posted, that kind of that was kind of a meh kind of thing. Yeah, they liked it, but the Facebook people they where they where the where the algorithms really went through the roof was when someone would, would respond by posting a, a, a Nazi salute or something. Oh, you know, God. That's the thing they would promote. Uh, because make, for making people pissed off, destroying the country, cleaving the country down the middle. Yes. As, yep. you know, if there is a middle was was uh it was it was something that would show up on the bottom line.
4: It's kind of brilliant when you think about it.
5: <laughs> yeah, except it's yeah. just horrible <laughs> what they're I know? doing. So well, all corporations hatred. at their heart, you know, are, are sociopaths.
3: Well, that's true. That's a very good
4: point.
5: So they're not they're not there to resolve issues. They're not there to make our lives better. Nope. Anything that makes them an extra buck, that's what they're there for.
3: I just, it, the one thing that has bothered me, and Mike, you know that I, I nine years ago said I'm going to get off social media, or eight years ago, I think it is now. <laughs> I do not want to be on social media anymore. I think my my Facebook page is still used for this show, but you I don't went back
4: remember. on Facebook for about forty five seconds a year. Yeah. <laughs> forty
3: five seconds it took, and I literally had to tell three people, "I'll come over and kill
4: you." You're the Puxatani <laughs> Phil of Facebook.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
4: Going back in a cave.
3: No, I, I just I can't believe that. Is it? And and again, it's this is a question for the three of you. Are people that stupid that they fall for this?
5: No, so they're just that angry.
3: But why are they so angry? I mean, everybody's doing well. Uh, we got, you know, ups and downs like every other country, of course, but America sucks and white people suck and white people are racist and this guy's horrible and this one's there. Calm down, for Christ's sake.
5: Well, the, the, the fact of the matter is that uh, I think around the world, but certainly in, in our country, everyone's graded on a curve. Yeah. So when you see that there are these people who are making a billion dollars or more a year mm-hmm. people worth people worth you know a hundred billion dollars uh, I mean uh, I think that I think that Amazon is, is worth what probably about a million a trillion and a half these days yeah it's worth a lot of money and, man <laughs> yeah and, and you got you know Bezos doesn't pay a penny in taxes. I think that kind of irritates people, so that that's one thing. Because, as I say, you're yes. you're graded on the curve and you know that you know you know, your life could be a little bit better if they just maybe paid a few bucks in taxes. So I think that's one thing. So that's that's the whole origin of, of class consciousness. Here,
4: here's and, the and, weird, and then of course the, here's the weird thing. The weird thing about that was, is there's a lot of you know, lower middle class. And poor people that are very conservative politically that think it's cool that they're not paying taxes Bezos i don
5: 't get it but on it's the other like, hand uh, on the other hand, when you ask those people, and there are lots of lots of lots of surveys about this done by you know pretty pretty credible groups if you ask them, should billionaires pay taxes or more in taxes, the answer is a resounding yes yeah.
3: I mean, the problem I have with it is you cannot pin this on just one political party. Both parties have done. Matter of fact, almost every of politician course. has done it. I mean, why well, are sure. politicians let people do get away with this kind of thing and then turn around and go, "Oh, it's horrible." Well, you let them do it. Money. Again, money. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna give me a lot of money for my campaign. So it's money, 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 money. Oh my God, it's disgusting.
5: And where does the money come from?
3: comes from the people who don't pay tax. That's exactly right. 100% true. 100% true. I I just really wish that we would get more control of our politicians and stop kissing their ass. And again, I don't care if it's left, right, center, whatever. These people are disgusting. They just are. Have they always been, you guys think?
2: Just yeah. bad
4: politicians, yeah.
3: No, I'm talking about all politicians, not just. I them. don't know; they're all bad. But there's a few that aren't, but they're very, very few. <clears throat> you know.
1: Well, the ones that yeah, are, you know, are positive and good. They don't get a voice. No, they don't. That's, That's the problem. True. If they don't toe the party line, they're like, "Well, you're out." Then you don't get anything
5: done. So I just think of I just think of how good and pure our country could be, could have been if Fred Thompson had. Yeah, <laughs> get off
3: TV and come right to the president.
5: Stop selling those reverse mortgages.
3: Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, it, Tom. he Sellers have the took,
5: gig before Tom sell He did.
3: Yes, he did. You're absolutely right about that.
5: I, love, now, there's a product you can get behind. You know, it's a good product when the guy the guy comes on with the testimonial and the, his first words are now. I know you've heard that our product screws you and <laughs> destroys your life, <laughs> yeah. but you know it's just not true. Right? Yeah, that, that gets your attention.
3: Yeah, that's very, very true. There's no question. Well, first of all, would you buy anything because a celebrity sells it? Who cares?
4: Tom, yeah, I just, do you understand why we
5: advertise on your radio show?
3: Well, I'm not exactly <laughs> a movie
5: star, okay? I mean, Jesus, you know? Yeah, um, well, Fred Thompson's a little different, and you know, and Tom Selleck. we're we're not Fred Thompson. Th-
3: that's true. Selleck. Fred's dead, isn't he? Didn't yeah. he die? I think, I think he is. He yeah. yeah, I think I think he died. <coughs> yeah, Mike. I, yeah, I just really wish that people. I, I, and the problem, the problem in my perception. This is just my perception on it. You've got both parties with filthy pig politicians. Again, there are some decent ones, no doubt about it, the decent people, but not very many. Uh, and these people all band together, and they all get together, and they, they let the rich get away with paying nothing because the rich will give them money for their next campaign, and they all oh, yeah. apply, uh, they all appeal to the dumbest human beings they can find. That's what they do.
5: That's the common denominator.
3: Yeah, it is.
5: You know, I was once, I was talking to uh, some, some journalism students. This is obviously a long time ago because there are no journalism students anymore. <laughs> yeah. You got that right. They, they don't teach them to write. They just teach them to, to post videos online. Yes, right. And yeah, and you wonder why they can't write a declarative sentence. Yeah. And the guy said, well, you know, morning show, how do you guys do it? Um, you know, it, you've, you've just... You have become, you know, so so popular. You own the you own the market in the morning. Uh, what's your strategy? So I, I, with a very straight face, I looked at the the guy and I said, Well, you know, what you do is we have a war room, and we sit down and we we talk about the marketplace, and we try to determine what the lowest common denominator is, and then we try to get beneath it.
3: Yeah,
5: that no, exactly. And and then the guy believed me.
4: Well, it would explain all the live remotes from Irv's bar.
5: <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, hey, now, wait a minute. I love the live
3: remotes from Irv's I bar, man. <laughs> it was a dream come true. the three.
5: corner of down and out.
3: <laughs> the corner of down and out, ladies and gentlemen. I yeah, I just, uh, you know what's so amazing about that? And that's one of the things I love about having Mike Gelfand back on the air with me is, is uh you know, and I don't want to use anybody's name because people did hire me and they, it was nicer than to reach out and, you know, it's a, some of the same people. But the very guy who decided to take the KQ Morning Show political, the very same person, I remember about six months later, he calls me in, in his office and he says, Tom, you, you got to get away from the politics.
4: I'm like, What? It was your idea. It was idea. the one time in your career you actually followed directions. Yeah, <laughs> I actually did what he told me to do.
3: I, to this day, I'm getting burned for it. There's no question about that. But he had the balls in front of other people say, "You got to stop doing politics." I'm like, so
4: Jesus, w- remind me about what was that? Like early '90s?
5: Uh, was no. it Mike?
4: Mike remembers.
5: No, Mike, it, was, late it was more like early 2000s. Okay. Yeah, late nineteen
3: nineties, early two thousands. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah.
5: Well, you know, the thing was, I uh, I emerged from that. I took some heat, but but I emerged from that. Uh, you know, just sort of. Um, I don't know. I, I felt like a. I felt like a burden had been lifted. Although that may have just be, been because I had to donate one of my testicles.
3: Yeah. Well, that's a burden, man. Those things are huge. Yeah. <laughs> well, you tell me. Let me tell you. When I was a kid, you know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> He's going,
3: yeah, but you know we all may, and again I, there are only a couple of people that I hated that I worked with mostly in management but you know again they, they would do our managers like that in every business they'll tell you to do something you do it it goes wrong and it's your fault mm-hmm. what the hell is that it was your idea I did it because you told me to you're my boss that's why I don't have a boss anymore
5: I, I think get, we can mostly trace all the evil to the emergence of the dominant hedge funds. Oh, well, you got Look at how the hedge point. funds have managed to destroy the housing market. No, you're right.
3: You're absolutely right. And all they do is take and take and take and take. That's all they That's do. That's the whole point. It is the whole point. And I don't know why people can't see that. I just don't get it. I just, how much money do you need? You need more than $200 billion, do you?
5: Yeah. I oh, guess. Elon Musk, he was he was crying crocodile tears yesterday. They're going to tax me.
2: You're <laughs> right. He, he was. This, I this, saw that.
5: I love him. This is a guy whose net worth in one day, in one day, I think it was last week, his net worth went up something like a $136 million yes. in one day. It was actually
4: day. Monday, and it was a car story we're going to talk about in 20 minutes. Oh,
3: God. Good, yeah. It's just, yeah. it's disgusting. I mean, the whole thing, I... Uh, Look, and if you, instead of buying politicians so you can make even more money, maybe we could, you know, help people out with some of that big dough you got. What do you think?
5: Yeah, you know, we, we could definitely do it. But then again, we don't want to cripple people by uh, taking away all their incentive to work for yes, jobs.
3: We don't want to take their drive away, Mike, do we? <laughs> no, no that, that
5: would take their drive away. If, if they could, say, prevent going bankrupt because of hospital bills, that would take away all their incentive to work.
3: Yeah, right, yeah. I guess so. And I tell you, another, the, the, the guy, the figurehead for me right now is LeBron James. That filthy pig that he is, kissing China's ass at every turn. They have slave labor, and he's okay with that. But, of course, he attacks the honkies in America on a daily basis. You're a disgusting moron, LeBron. Uh,
5: there's plenty to go around in the NBA. Oh, in
3: every sport, believe me.
5: Yeah, and I, having covered the, the twins for a few years, and having been a sports writer, uh, I can tell you that that most of the guys out there, they're they're cool, they're fine, but the guys who tend not to be are the superstars. As you know, oh, I don't want to yeah. go into the whole Rod Carew era thing, but you know he was the superstar, and so yep. he got to act out and. Most of the guys on that team were, were great guys, and uh, but you know there's something about uh, it's, and it's, obviously it's not just money because in those days they weren't making that kind of money. but there's just something about being put on a pedestal that doesn't yes. bring out the best in people.
3: Now I, I'm going to repeat a, uh, we're going to recreate a moment from the KQ morning show <laughs> when they built the Metrodome. I'm on the air, and Mr. Gelfand shows up, and I said, Mike, you are not going to be happy today. And he goes, why not? And I said, because they named the street right behind the Metrodome after Rod Carew. And he said, what did they name it? And what did you say, Mike? Do you
5: remember? I said, well, they, what they, they should have named it Psychopath.
3: <laughs> I That's laughed right. for about a month after <laughs> that. Because Rod Carew, is he still around? I well, think he's still he is. alive. He, you know, he had his is heart he? transplant. And oh, that's right. He did. Yeah. Yeah. He is one crazy son of a bitch. I'll tell you. Is that. He really is. Oh. Ask Mike.
5: <laughs> well, he, those days, he—he, he, uh, the thing about Rod Carew that, and I, I did have, there were some things I had in common with him. We were just about the same age, and we were both really pissed off. Yeah, and, oh, that's true. And yes. you know, when you when you find someone who's like twenty-four years old and they're really pissed off, it probably goes back to goes back to the family, right? Mm-hmm. I grew up in a very angry family, and I'm sure Carew did too. I saw bits and pieces of it, Yeah. and uh, it takes a while to get over that, maybe forever for some people. It didn't take me forever, but it, it does take a while for you to have that insight that this is actually not doing me any
2: good.
3: You know what's amazing about that is I just went through an ordeal earlier this week. Uh, can you name one person in America that doesn't have a daddy problem? My God, there are a lot of daddy problems in America, aren't there?
5: You know, I, know. I actually. Yeah, you. Know. I got along, along with, with my today. dad pretty well until he had uh, dementia, but it was right, with my right. mother not so much.
3: You didn't get along with your mom all that well.
5: Well, you know, she she um, she was she was classic depressive the depressive gene ran through her family and uh, and the thing is I don't think I I don't know what life would have been like for her if uh, if her dad hadn't been killed by a drunk surgeon when she was eight years old oh Jesus but I don't think she had much of a chance after that Why would and you... I'm glad I'm around but I but I would also say ideally if she was not someone who Probably not someone who should have had children, you know.
3: So, Mike, why would your mother mm-hmm. go to a surgeon who's not a Jew?
5: Well, it was, it was, it was, it was her, her father. Her mm-hmm. father was uh, 30 years old at the time. Oh. And they were living in the ghetto. The ghetto, of course, meaning North Minneapolis. So a Jew couldn't go to a real hospital. Well I mean, it Queens, would be it would be another twenty years before they'd allow them into a real hospital,
3: so they wouldn't you couldn't even get it because Mark Rosen was born in Queen's Hospital right there on glenwood and and Penn and
5: yeah, the, I was born in maternity hospital, which was in the same same area yeah
3: yeah same Yeah. same I might have been in the same hospital actually, but
5: and some of them were pretty good, you know but but they weren't all and if you were lucky of course, you know, like women actually in many ways Things worked out really well for them when they gave birth because instead of having stupid doctors who didn't wash their hands, they get midwives who knew about knew about things like that. Yeah, well, but my my grandfather, who I obviously never met, um, he uh, he had an append- he needed an appendectomy, and so he went to this C D clinic. And I don't, I, you know, there's a lot of details that I'll never never know about. But right. the the surgeon was drunk, and he uh, dropped the scalpel.
3: Jeez, uh, the reason I, Doug's still looking at me, the reason I said it that way is because I've never met a Jewish doctor in my life that drank a lot.
5: <laughs> that just no. doesn't happen. No, but, you know, as I've said, it used to be, when I was when I was uh, in my formative years, it used to be, uh, you know, you, you're looking for a doctor, you know. you you got to see Dr. Epstein, you know. And, yeah, yeah, and hey, I think yeah. Goldberg's taking a new patient. So, <laughs> now, now it's, You know what? I hear Dr. Patel is seeing right. the patient.
3: That is true. Yeah, you're it's right true
5: Indians are the new Jews.
3: But not big drinkers either.
5: Both. No, absolutely not. No, but, they're uh, either. but but uh, typically great great doctors. Yeah, well, I so they're still, I you know, and I and I am I'm a little prejudiced because it was a as you know it was a Jewish urologist who spent hours trying to kill me. <laughs> I do it. yes, oh, it's I, true. Oh, he did everything he could I, to kill me. <laughs> But you made it, Mike. You
3: made it. That's all that matters.
5: All, all he needed was a smaller stint, but no.
4: Didn't. <laughs> but no. Nope. Just had to use the number five.
5: He <laughs> had to use the number, f- the double J five. Right.
4: Yeah. Normally yeah. reserved yeah. for horses, but
3: it's all we have. So, so Mike, I've been. Hey. The, we've only got one minute left in this particular segment. And then we're going to do car selling secrets, and Mike is on for that too. But I have many, many people asking me, and, and you just give me the honest answer. People ask me, "Do you think Mike will ever get up before 10 a.m. again?"
5: Um, I, I do, but it's it's not pleasant.
3: Because <laughs> they they want to know if you're ever going to appear on the KQ morning show. I said, uh, "Yeah, maybe at like 9:53." Yeah, that,
5: that would probably work. No, the problem is I I may be up, but I'm probably unintelligible at that hour. Do
3: yeah, you mean like me? So the, the entire yeah, morning Yeah, same thing. Yeah. Same story. No,
5: it's it's uh. It's uh, after 25 years without sleep. I don't know how you do it. Cause it's terrible. I went 25 years without sleep, and uh, it just didn't work out that well for me. You know, there were things like cluster headaches and yeah. double vision and, yep. and uh, certainly certainly, a lot of depression. And uh, it just, just generally things just didn't go well, and everything got kind of worse and worse, and finally I just decided I- I'm going to sleep now. Yeah, I don't blame you. We have to take. One day a, you get up and you just roll over and say, "Yeah, I don't think so." I'm no, done. I know. <laughs> we'll take our
3: break here. Come back with hour two, which is, of course, called car selling secrets. Yeah, baby. We actually are
4: going to talk about cars with some actual people that sell them. To me, it should be fun. I like that they sell yeah. cars to me. That's yes. a good thing. We'll be
3: right back.